All right. Uh, on, uh, a couple weeks ago, when I was sitting in for Jeffrey Callison over on the Insight program on KXJZ, I was privileged to have uh, our next guest on to talk about her trip to Texas, where she uh, went there to support uh, Camp Casey with Cindy Sheehan, et cetera, something you've been uh, hearing about in the news a great deal. And uh, we said at that point we wanted to have her come on to Radio Parallax at some point, and we will do that now. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Cheryl Qualset. Thank you, Doug. Cheryl, could you just uh, can you just reiterate briefly for our listeners here at KDVS that the fact that uh, you made a trip to Texas, down to Crawford, Texas, uh, last month? Right. I, I was in uh, Crawford, Texas at the various Camp Casey's for about four or five days. At, at which point you had a chance to actually speak briefly with, uh, with uh, Cindy. Yes, a little bit. You you continue to, to to protest what's going on in Iraq and uh, and have a report for us from actually Washington D.C. Yes, I went to Washington D.C. for the weekend, <clears throat> and um, it was just astonishing. Um, I think uh, there's no denying that um, America is uh, tired of what's happening in Iraq and um, thinks that George Bush has blown it in every single way possible, and it's time to just uh, to just. Uh, get out and let the people of Iraq uh, be free to do whatever they want to do to their country. Cheryl, I've I've heard reports there were like a hundred thousand people uh, in the streets, but uh, but some people have said that's a gross underestimation. What's what's your view? Being in amongst everyone, it's really hard to get a grasp of the of the numbers. But I've heard people say 300,000 people were there. I, a friend of mine talked to a police officer along the way, and he thought it might be close to 600,000. It was uh, it was just packed, and people marched for hours and hours. Wow. And uh, and I guess Sidney Sheehan was arrested for not having a permit to, uh, to protest in front of the White House. On Monday, yes. Uh-huh. There, there was some talk of a, of a small number of counter-protesters. Did you see any of those? I personally saw about eight or nine counter-protesters. We cut out from the march after about three hours, and uh, uh, someone said that uh, further up the road there were there were a block with um, some counter-protesters, and I don't think it was in the tens or hundreds at the most. They were very <laughs> unapparent. We filled the entire road, and there were people hanging. There were people in the um, on the sidewalk and up on buildings and things. And I expected them to be, you know, to be shouting angry things at us. And they and every single time they held up peace signs or they held up, you know, slogans that were anti-Bush. And it was just, it was just amazing. Well, Cheryl, we we appreciate you giving us uh, giving us a perspective, a first-hand look at what what's going on in Washington. I hope that you can. Uh, I know you're busy today, but well, you can come back on our show. And I think that Franz would like to have you on as well. Maybe have a lengthy talk about uh, what you've been up to in the way of protesting the war in Iraq. Sure. All right. Well, Cheryl Qualset, uh, thanks for speaking with us, and we'd like to speak with you again. I know maybe when you have a little more time, and we do as well. All right. Thanks for having me on. All righty. Bye. 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 We should remind our listeners that Cheryl Qualset is from Davis, coming from across the country, from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in fact, is one of our regular contributors, at least in terms of email, and he's been a guest on the show before. We're glad to have him back. He also went to Washington, D.C., and has a report for us. Jerry Polikoff, welcome back. Well, thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Jerry, first of all, uh, we asked Cheryl about the numbers of people who were protesting in Washington. I hear 100,000, but I've, I've heard estimates that may have been quite a bit higher than that. What do you think? Uh, I think it was a lot higher. You know, I think where that 100,000 came from, the original uh, estimate by for the permit was 100,000. 
that's the number they put in the permit. And uh, when the chief of police was asked what the numbers were, he said, well, you know, they estimated 100,000, and I would say it's pretty safe that they hit that, that number. Uh, and then somebody else said, well, you, you know, could have been 150,000. He said, well, that's as good a guess as any. <laughs> so everybody just picked up that line. But, you know, the thing was, it, 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 the procession, the actual march, started at the Washington Monument, went all the way to the White House, uh, down Pennsylvania Avenue, where then looped around, and it was easily two miles long. And people were marching really close together. Um, I would say, you know, between 35 and 45 abreast. And if you do the math, you know, I mean, if you do the math, it's well over 300,000 people. Knowing Washington, D.C. and its, its exact geographical size, I imagine that would be child's play for someone to get a very, a very good estimate. Yeah, and, they, you know, they, the park police don't, you know, they, 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 they don't make official estimates anymore. And I'm sure they had some. I mean, the, you know, they were flying over the, uh, over the march the entire time with helicopters. And I'm sure they were taking pictures, and I'm sure they know exactly how many people were there. But, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, if you do the math, it, it, it's, you know, you're talking about a procession that's over 10,000 feet long. Yeah. It certainly was well over 100,000. I think it was over 300,000. And I, it, just about everybody was there right. was thinking the same thing. Everybody was saying it was easily in the hundreds, hundreds of thousands. So, so quantitatively, no, there's quite a, quite a, a great uh, large turnout. And, and qualitatively, uh, what, what, was your, what would you say the high point of the whole event was? Well, there were two. I mean, it was really, you know, first of all, it was really a throwback to the Vietnam moratorium. It was, there was a lot of camaraderie. People came down with wonderful signs and, and tremendous street theater. And, and, you know, I mean, people just felt good to know that they were with like-minded people. Uh, there was also a lot of satisfaction that there was a counter-demonstration there that, you know, probably had a few dozen people in it. And they weren't having nearly as much fun as we were. They were, they were kind of had mean-spirited signs and they weren't smiling or, or laughing. But uh, the thing that really encouraged me was, um, you know, the anti-war movement. I was, I was part of the anti-war movement uh, back in the Vietnam days, and it was very young. Yeah. And uh, the anti-war movement uh, so far in this war has, it seems to be the same people. You know, it, it, it's, it's people that were young in Vietnam and are middle-aged today. Uh -huh. But that wasn't the case Saturday. They were, uh, you know, I don't want to put a number on it, but... I, you know, I'd say you know, close to half of the people were, were under 25. There's a lot of discouragement in the country over policies of what have been going on with this administration, but I guess in summary, you see a lot of, there was a lot of optimism and actually uh, good cheer. It was a lot of good cheer, and it was a very diverse crowd. It, it was just, it was very, very encouraging, and I, I would say everybody who was there was very encouraged. Thank you for that brief uh, update. Jerry Polikoff, always a pleasure, and we know you'll be back soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. We would like to note that uh, there was some coverage in the Bee that's probably worth uh, quoting. David Whitney of the Bee Washington Bureau uh, noted that um, that there were, of course, some counter-protesters, and some of the loudest applause, uh, according to the article, uh, came for Deborah Johns of Roseville, who inspired the You Don't Speak For Me Cindy cross-country bus tour that brought her and other war supporters to the Capitol. Deborah Johns, quote, I need to ask President Bush to borrow the USS Ronald Reagan because there's some 100,000 people with Cindy Sheehan yesterday who I'd like to ship to Iran, Johns shouted to wild cheering. There were numerous protests here in the state of California last weekend that we wanted to give you a first-hand report about, but it appears that James Israel will not be able to join us on today's program. We hope to talk to James next week about uh, some local 
activism as regards the war in Iraq. Um, from the scapegoat file, we would like to note that the woman who posed in Abu Ghraib uh, prison, PFC Lindy England, was uh, convicted of conspiracy, seven counts of conspiracy and maltreatment of Iraqi prisoners. Evidently, uh, uh, Lindy England might have gotten nine years in military prison for her conspiracy conviction. I guess she got three. I find it quite curious that she was convicted of conspiracy, but not of any other misconduct except for, quote, wrongfully posing, unquote, in photographs. We've talked about this on this program before. I think it should be obvious to all of us that uh, the people like Lindy England were only doing on a very low level what was set policy by higher-ups in the Pentagon and in the U.S. State Department. Uh, uh, George Bush was advised by um, our Attorney General-to-be, Alberto Gonzalez, that the detainees uh, in various locations uh, taken by our military are not subject to the Geneva Convention. This, of course, has had uh, has a lot of implications. We've talked about it before in the show. We'll talk about it again, but not today. I hope that we can get on um, Jeffrey Kravitz, who is an instructor of constitutional law uh, locally, and I think that uh, Mr. Kravitz will have an opinion on this, and we hope to get it from him in the weeks to come. I suspect that Lindy England was convicted of conspiracy rather than specific charges because if she was convicted of something, uh, some wrongdoing, one would then ask, uh, uh, who were her higher-ups that were directing her and others to behave in this fashion? This was not random behavior by a few bad apples. This was set policy by interrogators from the Central Intelligence Agency and the Pentagon. uh, That's clear, isn't it, dear listener? Lindy England, a scapegoat. She's going to do three years in a military prison because someone took photos of what she was up to, and she's in the photos. The people responsible for the policies that led to the photos are not being called on the carpet, and they probably should be, don't you think? And we should note that the opinions aired on this program do not represent those of uh, the KDVS staff, the University of California, or really anyone else but, uh, you know, myself and others that are, that are talking to you. We are grateful for the fact that this, uh, this community radio station, which of course is entirely run by UC Davis students, affords us a platform to express uh, our views and uh, demonstrate um, that freedom of the press, which of course all Americans cherish. I was really struck, um, speaking of freedom of the press, by the article in Sunday's San Francisco Chronicle about the death of Pat Tillman Jr. The article was titled, Family Demands the Truth. New inquiry may expose events that led to Pat Tillman's death. It is, a, it is an article well worth reading. It is available on the web. I would encourage all you listening to pull it up and read it if you didn't get a chance to do so on Sunday. Um, a couple things really struck me that I wanted to share with you. The Tillman family, of course, has been very critical of Army probes of the death of their son. They were first told that he was killed by uh, enemy fire. The whole nation was told that Pat Tillman was killed by enemy fire in Afghanistan. Of course, it turns out it was a tragic episode of friendly fire. Pat was killed by uh, members of his um, own squadron of special forces. Such things are inevitable in in the fog of war, but some of the details... uh, as to what happened in Afghanistan that day, I found uh, very disturbing. 
Tillman's group of Army Rangers were split into two, which is uh, generally not advised. Uh, I'm not a military person, but uh, according to the article, this is very basic uh, basic strategy that you don't do such a thing when you're in an insecure location. It was noted that one of the Humvees that the men were using had broken down and was being moved on a flatbed Afghani truck. The article quotes an army ranger as saying, it's a well-known military doctrine that privates first learn going through basic training. If you're in enemy territory and you're stopped for a prolonged period of time, the best thing to do is to wait until nightfall. Why they thought that moving us out in broad daylight from our position, dragging a busted Humvee slowly through a known hotspot after we've been stranded there all day was a good idea, still forever eludes me. It appears quite clear that the army fabricated some of the medical records as to what happened to Pat Tillman. It's quite clear in retrospect that he was killed instantly on the hillside where he was uh, trying to indicate with flares and other devices that, uh, you know, that, they, that, that he was a friendly. Uh, an Army report dated April 22, 2004, said um, that when he was taken to a field hospital in Salerno, Afghanistan, that he had no blood pressure or pulse on arrival but stated that cardiopulmonary resuscitation had been conducted and then he was transferred to the intensive care unit for further CPR. As a medical doctor, I would say the chances that CPR were performed on, uh, on Pat Tillman are slim and that I just absolutely cannot uh, imagine that in any way, shape, or form they would have transferred him to an intensive care unit after taking three bullets to the head. Again, this is a most unsettling article, but I, I would recommend it to, to any of you listening. The thing that really struck me about the article was that uh, Pat Tillman was, as is well known, was a million-dollar professional football player who decided in the wake of September 11th that he wanted to do what he could to defend his country from attackers such as al-Qaeda. He was keen to go to Afghanistan, but found that his initial deployment was to Iraq. He was very critical of the whole Iraq war. One who was there with Pat Tillman said, I can see it like a movie screen. We were outside of a city in southern Iraq, watching as bombs were dropping on the town. We were at an old air base, me, Kevin, and Pat, and we weren't in the fight right then. We were talking. Pat said, you know, this war is so illegal. And we all said, yeah, that's who he was. He was totally against Bush. Another soldier in the platoon who asked not to be identified said Pat urged him to vote for Bush's Democratic opponent in the 2004 election, Senator John Kerry. Senior Chief Petty Officer Stephen White, a Navy SEAL who served with Pat and Kevin, Kevin Tillman, Pat's brother, for four months in Iraq and was the only military member to speak at Tillman's memorial, said, quote, Pat was, wasn't very fired up about being in Iraq and instead wanted to go fight al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. What surprises me most of all about the article, a friend of Pat's even arranged a private meeting with Noam Chomsky, the anti-war author, which was to take place after his return from Afghanistan. There is, to be sure, a great deal to the story of, of, of the death of Pat Tillman Jr., and, and we hope in the weeks to come, we will be able to speak with members of his family uh, on this program. We must take a, uh, a brief break. 
please stay tuned for segment three. We're going to talk about uh, some people who have passed, uh, who have passed on, who are worthy of mention. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. <laughs> 